Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin with my co-host, as always, Chris Beyer. Thank you again for the keyboard, Jim. I just want to... You're welcome. I plan on keeping it. I think I'm going to have to go back to the office and grab it before I leave. I'm going to have to mediate this dispute, I'm afraid. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Jim was a good friend and loaned me something, and I kind of like it, so I'm planning on keeping it. We'll see what happens. But uh, today, you heard him speak up a little bit. We're talking to the mayor of Wauwatosa, Dennis McBride. Mayor McBride, thanks for joining us again. Sure, it's a lot of fun. We appreciate it. So um, we had a little break between uh, halves of the podcast. And during that break, I was asking you a question that my wife had, which is a question about campaign finance reform. She gets text messages from people every day about how much money they need. They need more money. They always need more money, need more money. She said, why can't we just put a cap on the amount of finances or the amount of money that people can use for an election? And I'm not an expert on this, although as a a person who runs for office, I have to know some of this, and I'm a lawyer too, so I've learned some of this. It, it's the First Amendment, uh, really, that is kind of controlling here. After Watergate, Congress put in a lot of campaign finance laws. Those were challenged pretty immediately, and in a case called Buckley versus Vallejo, I believe in 1976, if I remember from law school, the Supreme Court said um, some limitations are appropriate. They don't violate the Constitution, but one thing you can't do is uh, impose a restriction on how much a person can spend of his own money. Well, that favors people like Ted Kennedy or mm-hmm. uh, uh, John Hines, who was the senator from Pennsylvania, who was the heir to the Hines 57 fortune, and Herb mm-hmm. Cole, who was our senator, who never took a dime from anybody because he didn't need to. He was the wealthiest senator. He and John Hines were the wealthiest senators. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Citizens United came out some years ago as well and other uh, cases, and the Supreme Court uh, has swung in a different direction. The conservative court uh, feels that restrictions on that kind of speech are much less uh, constitutional. So that's the era we're in, and there are still some limitations. For example, I learned the other day that Steven Spielberg gave Tony Evers, our governor, $20,000 uh, but that's the limit for uh, contributions for governor in Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, in uh, common council races, uh, the limit's something like, it depends on on a variety of factors, but it's somewhere around um, $600 or something. I think in my mayoral race, the limit was $850 or something. Okay. So there are some appropriate limits. But if I happen to be independently wealthy, if I'd won the Mega Millions the other day, I could have spent $1.3 billion on my next mayoral race, and nobody could stop me. Sure. So does that sort of leads into um, the amount of money that people could take then. Can we limit that? Well, that's the point. If it's coming from someone else, there there can be limits. So right, Steven yeah. Spielberg may want to give you a million dollars, but he can only give you oh, okay, twenty thousand. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And is there has there ever been proven a correlation between 
maybe on the national level, between who spends the most and who wins. I don't know if it's necessarily been proven that people that spend the most win anyway. That's what, that's what I said to her. Do we know this for a fact? Well, I think, I think the general rule is that people with more money tend to do better if they get their message out. For example, let's look at the U.S. Senate race uh, on the Democratic side this year. Mandela Barnes now is uh, a, a lead pipe cinch to win the primary a week from tomorrow. But uh, Sarah Godlewski, who is the state treasurer, seemed to be a very strong candidate. But as I said, she kind of went off the air in July, and she lost a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. And that was apparently because she didn't have the money to be on the air. So there were a lot of commercials coming from Alex Lazary, who's independently wealthy. He spent $12.5 million of his own money. And he dropped out. And he dropped out. So Bud Mandela Barnes... Is the lieutenant governor, he's better known and appeals to the progressive wing of the party, which is more likely to vote in the primary and all that. Uh, so, so in Sarah's case, the money seemed to matter, and in Alex's case, it didn't seem to matter. Yeah, I mean, that that might prove a little bit of what we just talked about. Lazary, like you said, was probably spent, outspending both of them combined. And oh, imagine. sure. And yet he dropped out. So there is a, we used to laugh, when I went to uh, graduate school at Princeton and public administration we used to laugh about a study that had come out political scientists somewhere the the um, thesis the summary was popular candidates tend to win elections <laughs> you don't say no. yeah you don't. tell me tell me that again yeah. okay it's uh, all just a popularity that's contest. right yeah. but mandela <laughs> barnes is the popular candidate and he's sure. going to win the election so alex lazary nobody knew who alex lazary was he had to introduce himself to the Wisconsin voters. People knew who Mandela Barnes is because he had, he was lieutenant governor. Mandela is a very sweet guy, whatever, mm -hmm. whether you agree with his politics, or not, he's a very nice man. Mm -hmm. uh, that, for whatever reason, we, can, we could talk about that all night long. Why is he gonna be the, the uh, Democrats' Senate candidate? Well, okay, popular candidates tend to win elections. He's popular, he's winning. So he had a, quite a bit of money. He's been raising money, but he had nothing like Alex Lazary's sure. personal wealth. Right. right. And now, again, maybe, maybe we need a lot of money to overcome, overcome the power of incumbency. You know, like you just said, Mandela Barnes had a lot of name recognition because he'd been in politics. Right. And so that might be an argument that we need more money in politics to overcome the power of incumbency. Well, then you get people like Herschel Walker running in Georgia for the U.S. Senate. Um, he, uh, he, it's unlikely that he ever would have been a candidate, but for the fact that he was a superstar football player. Right. Yep. Uh, Bill Bradley won in uh, New Jersey for the U.S. Senate, and he happened to be a Rhodes Scholar, but he also, it didn't hurt that he was the best basketball college basketball player of the year one year and played for the New York Knicks. Mm -hmm. um, I only knew him as a Rhodes Scholar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I follow that every year. I look at the lineup of the Rhodes sure. Scholars. That's right. And you go, well, that yeah. guy, I'm voting for him. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the point is that they're celebrity, too. Um, mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan became president because right. he had been an actor. Now he mm -hmm. also was governor of California, and all that, Schwarzenegger and all that. Yep. So, again, popular candidates tend to win elections. Well, how do you achieve your popularity? You can do it through movies. You can do it through sports. You can do it through your your own winning personality, working your way up from the bottom. But Why did you look at Jim when you said winning personality, and you did not look my way? No, you looked you towards Jim. You shouldn't look at you. I was looking at you because I was trying to help you achieve that, I that personality. That. Yeah, that you boost in my yeah. So anyway, yeah. I mean, anyway, long story short, yeah. there's going to be a lot of factors that go into why people get elected, right. 
And Mo- some of those we'll never be able to account for. And money helps. Right. It really does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, now, let's get on to Wauwatosa here. Let's talk about the state of the city. And I'll, I'll talk about um, uh, what originally gave me an idea to talk about in the first half, which was talking about criticism. Radio. I mentioned uh, Mark Belling on the radio. I turned on. And he said, and my ears perked up because I knew this interview was coming up. He said, uh, Mayor McBride and Wauwatosa, uh, they were talking about this plan, or maybe something that's already happened, where uh, Wauwatosa did buy the Boston store building okay. at Mayfair. Sure. And he wasn't particularly that upset about it, but he was questioning the, uh, the reasoning behind uh, a city getting in the middle between the mall owner and a prospective client. The, the mall owner or whoever owned that property, he posited, you know, why don't they just find somebody to fill it? Why does Wauwatosa have to get involved? So why did Wauwatosa feel it was in their best interest well, to that's buy a, this building? First of all, it's a legitimate question. Right. Mark Belling often makes his living by finding somebody to criticize, and I've been a good whipping boy from time to time, and that's fine. But um, a number of people, very well-intentioned people, have asked the same question. Uh, this, this seems a little odd for a city to be doing this. Why? And uh, I, I, the other day I got really only one negative email on this, and it was really negative. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> why did you do it, Chris? I'm looking at him. Why did you do that? No, this guy really, you know, oh, how dare you, and we could spend $4 million better, and why don't you give the money back, and all this and that. And I, and the way I handle emails like that, if they're legitimate, I mean, the guy had legitimate concerns. He right. was, I think, expressing them illegitimately, mm-hmm. but... He had legitimate concerns. If it's just a, you're the biggest scumbag of all time, and I get those every once in a while. For Again, whatever. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then I ignore those. But my father always used to say, and I'm going to clean up this expression a little bit, never get into a spraying contest with a skunk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The obvious lesson is it's similar to don't roll in the mud with pigs. Right. You're going you're gonna to smell like a skunk. You're going to be a skunk. Don't, don't do that. So I don't get into spraying contests with skunks. But um, so Why? Yeah. Well, what I told the gentleman who wrote me the email, and by the way, he wrote back right away and he said, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for providing all those citations. I gave him citations to articles and to common council minutes and all that. And I explained carefully uh, uh, why we did it, and I answered his questions. And he, he wrote back right away, geez, that, that was really nice of you to give me all those citations. Thank you. I understand it now, and I appreciate what you're doing. The answer is this. Uh, Mayfair Mall is our second largest taxpayer. It's very important to the Wauwatosa tax base. It's the most successful mall in Wisconsin and always has been since 1958 when it opened. It's important for us to maintain the strength of our tax base. Uh, All shopping malls have been going through a very difficult evolution over the last 20 years, but especially the last five years. Amazon has cut into a lot of retail around the country. Um, people's tastes change, their ways they shop change. The pandemic accelerated that because people were buying from home and all the rest of it. Um, What I've been telling people is I believe that uh, there will be one winner among shopping malls in this region, and it's going to be Mayfair because of its location and because of the mix of stores that we have. We have Mm -hmm. Nordstrom. Nobody else has Nordstrom. We have the Container Store. Nobody else has that. We've got all kinds of specialty stores and all that. And we are where two freeways intersect at the busiest freeway interchange in the state of Wisconsin, the Zoo Interchange. 
Southridge is failing. Bayshore has failed. Northridge has failed. Brookfield Square isn't really even a shopping mall anymore. It's right. evolving completely. The only real competition is the corners out in the town of Brookfield, and that's not even as big as anywhere close as big as Mayfair. So Mayfair is the winner. Right. How do you maintain Mayfair? Well, uh, I had always thought all of Mayfair was owned by Mayfair, whatever Mayfair is. Well, it turns out right. it's a company out of Canada called Brookfield Properties, and uh, but they don't own the whole mall. Some of the pieces of it are separately owned. Okay. And this Boston store piece was owned by Boston Store Company and then Bonton Stores and Saks Fifth Avenue and all that. Um, 15 acres. We were, we've heard a lot of rumors about people wanting to develop different things, and some of it, frankly, was kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. We want to maintain this high-level mall. So what we decided we needed to do as a defensive move was to make sure that we controlled the future of those 15 acres at the south end of the mall. We knew an auction was coming up that the they had wanted a lot more money. I mean, originally they wanted something like $12 million. And we got it for under $4 million. <laughs> uh, there had been several auctions. And people weren't meeting their price. So we went in. We already have been talking to various developers. And you're going to see some action over there sooner rather than later. We're going to work with those people to make sure we get what we think is right for the future of Mayfair. And you're going to I think people will be astonished by what we're going to accomplish. Now you're saying I apologize, but you're saying we was this specifically we, we, your idea? Who who the city who was the genesis of this idea? The city administrator, the uh, development director. I've been involved in the discussions. The city attorney. We hired an outside attorney who's very skilled at uh, real estate transactions and all that too. So as a group, and then of course we brought in the common council because the common council had to approve. Uh, buying this. So they're on board. I, I don't think there was a dissenting vote. We met in closed session because we're negotiating uh, the acquisition of property and all that. But so you're saying that, like you said, there's some this, good ideas that might come to fruition. Let me just ask you this about this thing. One right. idea I've had about mm-hmm. how malls are kind of teetering a little bit here. You've got this huge parking area right there. And we talked earlier about apartments and housing. Right. Could there ever be housing in Mayfair? Uh, the Mayfair property. Yes. And that's been something that's been discussed off and on over the years. Um, that was something they brought in at Bayshore, and they're bringing in at Southridge. Uh, the Boston store down there was sold. The village of Greendale, which has far fewer resources than the city of Wauwatosa, bought the store down there. So we're not the first to do this. There, it's really a defensive measure because something like 70% of their tax space, at least their non-residential tax base is Southridge Mall. Right. Wow. And it's dying. Yeah. The other 30% is cops. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, really, Greendale's in a really tough yeah. spot. Right. We could, we wouldn't want to see it happen, but we could afford to have Mayfair go out of business and turn into something else. Right. But Greendale can't do that. they got to come up with something. So they bought that property down there. And you talk about parking lots. My God, they've got so much asphalt down there. It's unbelievable. Uh, I drove around there recently because I was at a meeting in Greenfield, and I decided to swing through. Um, So, yes, I mean, that's the sort of thing that's been discussed. And it seems to me to make a lot of sense that uh, if you've got excess land and you've got a changing retail environment, and they did this at Bayshore, they brought in customers. Who live right there and guess what hey you know if you're at mayfair or you're at bayshore or southridge i think i'll go to the food court tonight i'll go to that restaurant that's part of the mall or right. you know mm-hmm. what i i need uh i want to go to a movie i want to do this i want to do that 
Um, and they're right there. You don't have to go anywhere. It's just like living downtown in the old days with all the stores there. And it's like I'm leaving my apartment and I'm walking two blocks and I'm going to get dinner and then I'm going to buy some underwear. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's sure. why not? That's right. And that's going to happen all across America. Yeah. It, it already is. And I think the corners actually, don't that's they have apartments as part of their, yeah. and that was, they built that from scratch a couple of years ago, as yeah. you know, and they built apartments into the complex. So they had that notion right away. So it's like yeah. their own little, I mean, their own little community. Sure. You don't have to leave at all. We're in our bubble. And Well, I was talking to somebody the other day. The first uh, shopping mall in America was in the Minneapolis area. It was Southdale Mall, 1954. Mm. The book was just written about it. It's called Meet Me at the Fountain. The whole point of shopping malls was to recreate Main Street. Mm. So we have the village area in Wauwatosa. That was our Main Street. That was our commercial area. And unfortunately, when Mayfair was built, it sucked the life out of the village. As you might remember, the village was dead for years. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now it's turned into a restaurantville. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was the point. And if you're going to recreate Main Street, you're also going to, you should probably be recreating the residential areas that are right off of Main Street, right? Sure. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you mentioned uh, when we were off air talking about how America is facing a, a shortage of housing. Well, what we're really seeing it is uh, young people who can't afford to buy homes. Right. Uh, empty nesters can't find places to go to, so they're not leaving their homes, which drives up the cost of single-family homes. What happened was during the Great Recession, a lot of developers got burned, and they just said, we're not doing this again. Well, the population continues to grow. This is basic economics. Mm-hmm. Supply and demand. If the supply stays the same and the demand stays the same, the prices stay the same. When one of them gets out of whack, that changes. When the supply stays the same and the demand goes up, prices go up. And that's exactly what we're seeing. It is classic uh, economics. Mm-hmm. If you're not building any new homes, whether they're apartments or single-family homes, if you're not building anything new and the population is going up and they're demanding housing, existing housing is going to become more valuable. Right. <clears throat> and everybody's going to live at home with their folks. And that yeah. doesn't until work out. Until yeah. they get to be right. a certain age. Right. Uh, well, wait, before yeah, you get ahead. away from Boston, sir, I want, to yeah. make, I want to throw out my suggestions. Yeah. Ice rink. Okay. You <laughs> want to go back to the future. Back to the future. Roller coaster, water park. Um, those are three. You can take those. Yeah. Can take those okay, how about console. a podcast studio for there we go. local like entrepreneurs? Okay. I like that too. <laughs> Is this potentially not just, uh, this could turn into like, there could be an ROI on this investment, not just from the tax base perspective, but like if we owned uh, uh, an apartment building, let's say, now that's revenue generated for the city. Well, we're going to flip the property. We're, we're not in the business of holding it because right now that those 15 acres magically became tax exempt because they're owned by the city. Oh, okay. That's not a desirable yeah. outcome. So right, right. it is our intent to resell the land as quickly as possible okay. while we maintain our mission of getting the right development there. Gotcha. So it is possible that we could resell the land for more than the $3.95 million we bought it for. That's really not what we're interested in. We're going to at least break even on it. Mm-hmm. Where the real return on investment is going to happen is in the increase in value of that land. Gotcha. Because we, we're going from a vacant building that was built in 1958 with a, a sea of asphalt around it to some good stuff that will increase the value. Now, you mentioned, uh, again, off air, we talked about the property on Highway 100 in Blue Mound that potentially could become a 28-story uh, apartment building. Uh, in the village, uh, there seems to be kind of a cap on the height. Is there is there a cap on the number of floors that could be built in the village? 
We have no height limitations in our zoning code. Now, that's something we're going to be discussing, but we don't have height limitations. What we have is density restrictions. So you only get one unit per 1,000 square feet of land, I think it is. So the point is that uh, if, if you resold this property and somebody said, I want to build an apartment building here, mm-hmm. they couldn't build much of an apartment building because it's not much of a piece of land. You'd have to buy the we whole We don't block. have to get personal oh, yeah. here. No, it's small. Hey, come on. Okay, I'll cut the grass. Yes. Come back next week. The and basketball hoop's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like the basketball hoop. I thought that was a nice day. Um, no, but you'd have to, if you bought the whole block, then you could build something big, but you're never going to be able to buy the whole block. Right? Could somebody do that, buy two houses next to each other, tear them both down and occupy both properties here in Wauwatosa? That happened on Forest Street some years ago. About 10 years ago, They knocked, They it was a teardown. We don't have a lot of teardowns here. It's common in some places like the Chicago area. Glenview, Illinois has had a lot of teardowns. We've had a few teardowns, but there was one on Forest Street. They decided that they wanted to tear down two houses and build a bigger house. So if you go over to Forest, just south of Rogers Avenue, between Rogers and Woodland, you'll see this great big house on the west side. And you're going, whoa. These are little houses. Now there's this big house there, so you could do that. Okay. Now the question is, you know, once you start buying up properties, everybody gets wind of that, and each succeeding purchase becomes more expensive. Yeah. You yeah. need a straw man or something to do that, right? Right. Right. And then I remember when Tosi East was expanded, mm-hmm. right at the corner of what used to be 75th in Milwaukee, about right. where the swimming pool is now. Right. This woman held out and held out and held out. They had knocked down all these other. Like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah, and she finally got her what she needed, and she mm-hmm. she left. So. Or, uh, or what's the movie? Darn it, the the one with the balloons. Up, up, up. up. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, they moved to one of the houses. Remember, they moved a house from the Tosis area out to Watertown Plank. That was one of our most historic houses. That's the Luther Clapp House. Luther Clapp was the first minister in Wauwatosa. And that house he still fo- stands out there. It's out next to Hawks Nursery. Right. Luther Clapp uh, was the, he founded the Congregational Church, or was the first minister at the Congregational Church. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And they just moved the uh, log cabin. Right they moved the log the cabin. Yeah, right yeah, over right there. Across the street from our yeah. studio here. Yeah. 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 That one was built by Frederick Underwood, whose father was the second minister in Wauwatosa. Let's see. There you go. Underwood Baptist Church. Wow. So <laughs> we just moved ministers. These ministers houses, are, yeah. yeah they're These houses, they got to be moved. Ministers and development. It's all part of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, one thing about development that's always a linchpin is parking, right? Everybody yes. says, oh, we're going to be get parked up here. In places like Shorewood and maybe Waukesha, I forget where I, uh, elsewhere, some of these places have structures in their areas like say well north avenue would be is there any consideration of that you mean parking but uh, yeah but i i don't say we need it but is that something people think about that maybe having one you know behind the buildings or whatever having some type of structure? one of the most interesting and astonishing things i've learned as an elected official is how expensive parking garages are really yes uh, i don't know what the current figures are but when i started 14 years ago as an alderman i learned that uh, to build a parking garage, anything above one level, right, costs you twenty five thousand dollars per parking spot. It's now going up. It's probably forty thousand or something. Yeah. The, the, hmm. What the medical center built out there, those parking garages are million are worth millions of dollars. Wow. So it's really that's our biggest challenge in a place like Wauwatosa, which is completely built out, is parking. Yep. Because if you, you want to develop out in Heartland or Oconomowoc or something, if they've got a, a green field, 
you know, they buy a you buy a farm, right? Like they're doing the Paps Farms out in uh, at Highway 67 and I-94. They just bought a farm, and it doesn't cost you anything to lay down some asphalt, right? Sure. Except for the land value, but in Wauwatosa, we don't have any places to just we don't have farms left, so you got to build up, and when you start building up, now it's thirty five, forty thousand dollars a parking wow. spot. And so when we do tax incremental financing, as we did at the UWM Innovation Campus, it's usually to pay for uh, public amenities like roads and new water mains and all that. But it also is, if we're going to get development, we have to subsidize the cost of parking. You mentioned earlier, maybe before we started here, um, we were going to talk about what's going on in Wauwatosa. But right. development is really, at this point, our biggest issue, I would say. Um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, a lot of people, again, don't like change. Right. Yep. It's hard for them to, to grasp. Uh, we all three grew up here. We all remember it. Uh, we have nostalgia for some of the things. The county grounds, do you recognize the county grounds? They're nothing no, like what right, no. when we, right? So people come back and they go, oh my God, what did you guys do to the county grounds? Right, well, right. Um, uh, cities have to change cities do change people come they go they die they leave they move to florida people come in with new ideas the economy changes mayfair road right now is so hot uh, a guy came in from california and he bought the red lobster restaurant which is a nothing is mm-hmm. that like uh, center street just north of center street yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. across from the country club yeah right. two acres he spent million dollars on it wow every month i meet with all of the mayors and village presidents and the county executive of milwaukee county it's called the icc the intergovernmental cooperation council and we always do kind of a round robin at the end what's going on in the community and i said a california lawyer just bought the red lobster for 6.1 million dollars two acres that's three million dollars an acre and all their eyeballs bugged out Oh, my God, you're you're getting $3 million an acre in Wauwatosa. Yeah, well, he has not told any of us at the city level what he intends to do with that. But that's a bigger lot than what the guy is doing over at at the 28-story tower. Yeah. Oh, is it bigger than that lot even? It's bigger. Oh, really? So I don't know what he's got in mind, but under the permitted use, who knows? Now, it's a better spot in that there are no residences right there. But Yeah, yeah. But you said it's a red lobster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the plan. There you go. Lobster, I mean, what, it's going to be it's going to be the best <laughs> best red, red lobster. best damn red lobster <laughs> right. in the country. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, we're talking about Wauwatosa. The big thing that changes, as you said, is apartment buildings are going right. Up. Right. Wauwatosa right now is fifty two thousand forty three. What is forty eight thousand three hundred eighty seven. Forty eight thousand. How big could Wauwatosa get in terms of population? Do you think? Not that we wanted to, right. but at what point would you say, okay, we got too many people in Wauwatosa? Well, let me answer that several ways. The first is, um, when I was growing up and when you were growing up, I think, uh, the population almost hit 60,000. Right. It was 58,000 and change. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was because uh, the McBrides had seven kids in the house. So we had nine people. Now, you know, I had three kids. Do the math. If everybody does that, and a lot of people did, all of a sudden the city shrinks down. And we got down to Mm 46,000. Now we're bouncing back up. The comprehensive plan that we adopted in 2008, which needs updating and will be updated probably next year and the year after, which is a big project, um, actually envisions a population of up to 74,000 people. Now, I think that's probably too much. Mm -hmm. 
the other question then is demand. I uh, was interviewed by the Business Journal a year ago, and they said, when does this end? And I said, at this point, there's no end in sight. Wauwatosa is such a desirable place to be, not just because of its great mayor, but <laughs> because of our attributes. I was going to say despite. But despite, anyway, right. <laughs> the medical center is generating family-supporting jobs at all levels. Nursing, researching, doctors, orderlies, restaurant work. I mean, whatever it is. The Medical College of Wisconsin is the second largest research institution in the state after UW-Madison. <laughs> its budget far dwarfs UW-Milwaukee, and I say that as a proud panther. It's, it's a remarkable thing, and it's growing. All those places are growing. We are right in the middle of the metro area where that zoo interchange comes. Um, we have beautiful housing. We have beautiful neighborhoods. We, we are the retail center of Wisconsin. Mayfair Mall and Mayfair Collection are the most popular retail destinations in the state. I could go on. All of those things contribute. And we're 15 minutes by car from downtown Milwaukee and 15 minutes to other areas of employment, Coles headquarters out in Menominee Falls. We're, we're right in the middle of everything. For all those reasons... We could just build and build and build. Now, we don't want to do that. We don't want to turn into Manhattan. But it's conceivable that if we just, you know, took away all the restraints, I mean, it, we could just, we could see a corridor on Mayfair Road and one on Blue Mound Road and everything else that would just keep uh, the, the building nonstop for a while. Now, we may have a recession coming soon. Mm -hmm. uh, the credit is tightening up. Who knows? This isn't to say I want any of this. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is it's possible. You know, those are the forces driving it. And the fact, again, that not enough housing was built during the Great Recession and since then. We have a severe housing shortage. How do I know that? Well, again, I read the New York Times and Washington Post and magazines and other sites every day, and they all talk about it. We have a 1.8% vacancy rate in our apartments in Wauwatosa. You go, wow. well, what does that mean? Well, uh, real estate professionals will tell you that a healthy rate is 5 to 8%. <laughs> when you get down to 1.8%, you're almost at zero, and that means that the, why are our prices of our houses going up and why are our rents the second highest in Wisconsin? It's because we don't have enough. Again, it's basic supply and demand economics. Yeah. So you say, well, that can't possibly be. And I, well, we take it, we do an analysis every month. Uh, basically, apartments in Wauwatosa fill up as fast as they open up. Nationwide, it's not that much different. It's about 2.8 percent. Yeah. So wow. we think we're special here. No, we're not special. This no, is a nationwide special. problem. No, we are. We, and then I went to Ireland uh, in March. I spent two weeks there campaigning for a friend and a party there that I support. I heard the same things there, and I, and I read uh, the Irish papers frequently. They have the same problem. It's a very hot economy, and they've got a small country that's about the size of Wisconsin, the same population, and they don't have enough housing. And all the young people in Ireland, just like the young people in America, are saying, when do I get my part of it? Right. Why do I have to pay so much? So I am constrained on one hand by saying, like everyone else, I want to maintain the character of Wauwatosa. And on the other hand, I have three children, none of whom live in Wauwatosa right now. But I 
but I think of the young people coming up, and I want them to have opportunities to to live in decent housing and affordable housing and all that. And if we're going to just shut the door on all of them, we're not being fair to the younger generation. And if we want to have a medical center that throws off family-supporting jobs, we have to find places for people to live, Families, whether yeah. it's in Wauwatosa or otherwise nearby. The, and, um, and some of what's going on in West Ellis, by the way, I think is related because that's affordable and they can, you know, they're building new apartments in West Ellis too, and that's right. pretty close to the medical center. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. The uh, uh, the obvious place where these new apartments buildings is going up is generally old, bus you know, like in the village, old buildings were torn down and new ones went up. Or more particularly, old industrial sites right. that are oh, right. Yeah. You know. As those dwindle in terms of availability for for housing, would it be? And again, I'm stirring up a, a hornet's nest. Would they consider they meaning the common council taking a block full of houses and offering them you know money to to leave and then building a building there. There's no appetite for that right now. Let me tell you one other thing I meant to say about all this. We also have a really backwards, I almost threw another word in there, vulgarity, a backwards municipal financing system in Wisconsin. We have a property tax levy cap, which means that you can only go up 1% a year on your property tax levy. All right, that sounds kind of arcane. What does that mean? Well, it means that we can only increase our budget by 1% a year by raising taxes 1% a year. Even if inflation is as it is now, almost 10%. Mm -hmm. But in a normal year, I mean, I heard the uh, Fed chairman yesterday saying, we're trying to keep inflation at about 2%. Well, if inflation is 2% and you're limited to 1%, it doesn't take you very long before you get into the position that West Dallas is in right now, which is it had to eliminate nine positions, actually fire, lay off nine people and eliminate eight other positions. And I asked the mayor where they came from, police, fire, health department. They basically eliminated the city clerk's office and reassigned responsibility, et cetera. And every community in the state is facing this right now. I just had a long this talk. Is a, this is a, a state thing? This is saying? a state mm -hmm. thing. And I just had long talks with uh, uh, Mayor Johnson's assistant out of the city of Milwaukee about ways we can collaborate and all that, too. The people are desperate. They're looking for – they're all coming to Wauwatosa because we're doing pretty well right now. Mm -hmm. They're all looking to collaborate with us because we actually uh, got our property tax levy to the lowest point in 10 years this year. But that's – and why is that? Because the only way to increase beyond the cap is to redevelop the land you have. Right, because then your base they give, goes up. They give you two options under state law. You don't want the 1% cap. You can go to referendum and say to your constituents, hey, how would you like to raise your taxes? Well, good luck with that. Right. And the, and the other one is use your old land and redevelop it. So the Mayfair collection, 60 acres. It was all abandoned warehouses. Well, right now it's it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars because we invested through tax incremental financing. We invested in new roads and new water mains and all that. And so we're a partner in that investment. We're going to, we're, we bought the Boston store and we we're investing in that. We're going to redevelop that to increase our tax base. Um, uh, we've done other, the research park that had a zero value. And when we closed the tax incremental financing district, it was worth $240 million. 
uh, over and over and over again. That's the sort of thing we have to do, and we are able to do because we, again, are desirable. We're in the middle of the metro area. We're near the uh, downtown and the medical center, et cetera, et cetera, all the things I already said. But our finance director recently gave a presentation to the Common Council and said, we're running out of land. We're running out of options. He thinks we're going to hit the cliff in 2027. West Allis has already hit the cliff. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's hit the cliff. Meaning there's no available space. There's, there's not. Well, I mean, West Allis has a lot of space, but it's just the de- redevelopment isn't happening fast enough. It's not as desirable a community for a variety of reasons. Right. They're doing some good things over there. They've got smart people in West Allis. Right. But they just don't have the advantages we do. And that's why they had to lay people off. We haven't had to lay people off. We've been tightening belts. We've been doing a lot of things to economize a lot. But we have this redevelopment. So when people say, I don't want any more of this, what they're saying is, they don't know it, we want you to hit the cliff sooner. Mm-hmm. When, you hit, when, I, when I say hit the cliff, it means we're going to have to start looking at laying off police officers and firefighters and garbage collectors. And, well, and maybe your garbage won't get picked up every week, maybe every two weeks or something, you know, all right. those sorts of things. Our city administrator likes to give the example of, in the past, when we were growing up, we had three garbage collectors on each truck. They had the guy driving and two guys in the back. And they'd walk to the back. They'd walk to the back and they'd pick up the thing and it would take forever and all. Then we went to two. Mm -hmm. And now we have one. Yeah. Because we invested in those trucks that come in with those big fingers and Mm -hmm. they pick up the thing and they dump the cart and they put it back down again. Well, until they really get to self-driving garbage trucks Mm -hmm. that know enough to put the fingers out and pick up the cart and all that, we can't go from one to zero. Yeah, we've right. done. We've gone to three to two to one, so we've. That's one way we've economized. We've done a lot of that, but um, at some point, you hit the cliff. So uh, I imagine a lot of communities, you know, uh, such as Wauwatosa and the the people that run them, would like to see that change. Uh, is there any uh, public appetite for changing on a state level this one percent thing that you're talking? We have about? been as a group, this ICC, but also the League of Wisconsin Municipalities. We have been trying to educate the legislators for a number of years, there is some optimism that they're finally seeing what damage they're causing. And a lot of, there was just an article in the Journal Sentinel last week. It was about towns. Uh, Wisconsin towns are in the worst shape, and some of the counties, the rural counties and all that. They just have no resources. They can't redevelop because people aren't, they're not coming to Florence County the way they are to Wauwatosa to yeah. redevelop things and build things. Mm-hmm. And so these counties and towns don't have any money. Sure. And people are saying, well, wait a second. We still need the roads plowed. We still need the garbage collected and all the other things that are expected. Right. But they don't have the money for it. So um, there was a lot of re- – we used to index this cap, by the way. Mm-hmm. During the Doyle years, it was indexed. So if inflation went up 2%, your cap was 2% that year. If it went up 3%, it was 3%. When Scott Walker came in as governor, it, it went down to 1% with no indexing. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, we're hoping that it'll go back to indexing so we can keep up with inflation. I mean, it doesn't hurt your pocketbook if things stay at the rate of inflation as long as your your salary is going up. Well, so that would be, uh, I'm sure hinting this might be more of a Democrat agenda you know, because Doyle was Democrat and Walker was Republican. Well, it's, it's becoming more of a wisconsin agenda i hope and the other part of it is um, the legislature right now is sitting on something like a 4.4 billion dollar surplus wow and again it's politics but they've decided they're not going to spend it during the evers administration 
So they didn't spend it this year. Schools are clamoring for more money. Cities and towns and villages are clamoring for more money, whatever. They're not spending it. But regardless of who becomes the governor in November, whether Evers is reelected or some Republican is elected, um, the legislature is likely to spend a lot of that money. Uh, there's a thing called shared revenues. So what happens is we are Wisconsin is probably the most reliant state on property taxes of anywhere in the country. And that's just really, for a variety of reasons, that's not good. We don't have enough variety in our revenue sources. But one of the things is we have a state income tax. And so the money goes to Madison. And Madison decides how much it's going to spend up there on governmental things, but also how much to return to the municipalities. And what the legislature and the governor have done over the years, again, the Walker administration, they decided to, the shared revenues went down and down and down. If the legislature would free up some of that money in shared revenues, then some of these problems would be solved. So it's a shared revenue issue. And then there's also the question of, there was a referendum in Milwaukee County some years ago, uh, do you want to raise uh, the sales tax by a point or a half a point to support parks and transit? It passed overwhelmingly, I think it was 65%. And the state said, no, we're not going to let you do that. Well, the now this... What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always thought that, hey, if I want to tax myself, I should be sure. able to tax myself. But <laughs> they've decided in Madison they know more than we do. Uh, but there's talk about reviving that, too. There's a lot of opposition um, as well. It's anathema for the Republican Party. They don't like raising taxes. I get that philosophy. But the point is there's talk about that, too. So there's a variety of ways that people are looking at how do we address this really serious funding issue. If you're starting to lay off your police and firefighters, this is not good. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think we should all agree on that. Yeah. Has anybody talked about sending text messages to people? Yeah. Know, telling them we need yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll say this. Both sides, I think one side would say, um, you know, we need to cut the fat, and the other side says there's no more to cut. There's no more fat. We don't have fat in Wauwatosa, and, mm -hmm. and we are one of the most prosperous communities in the state in terms of municipal, municipal finances. We're one of four communities that have a AAA bond rating. We have this development. We've been able to keep up with it, and we're still going to hit the cliff in four or five years. Yeah. And if we're going to hit the cliff, then everybody else is in big trouble, and they are. This is We're getting to the point where there really is, you've, you're, you've gone past cutting the fat, you're cutting into the muscle, and you're going to hit the bone pretty soon. So then I would imagine, worst case scenario, when all these bad things happen, then I'd imagine the thought is the populace would say, okay, we need to kick back in. Yeah, you know, the, it's a hell of a way to run a government or a business or, or your own house. To, uh, you have to wait until things get really bad before you wake up and do something mm -hmm. about it. It's like saying, well, yeah, my roof looks really awful and there's a hole in it and the chipmunks are up there and the bats are flying in and all that, but the whole roof hasn't collapsed yet, so no. I'll wait. Yeah. Not a good it's idea. probably fine. Right. But, you know... Joe, average homeowner, just doesn't see the minutiae, doesn't see the details that you see. And exactly. so they think, hey, everything's working just fine, right? And so why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They don't see the break is coming up, you know, the, the point where it gets broke is coming up. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, I, I'm i in this business because I really love the minutiae. 
I really love this stuff. It's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating how we build water mains and sewer mains and how we get the buses to run and mm-hmm. how we, you know, put the cops on the beat and, you know, all the rest of it. I just, I, it's endlessly fascinating to me because we're the closest to the people, for one thing. I mean, we provide the real basic services. I, I find that terrific. But a lot of people are just real happy to say, McBride and that common council, you guys go and do that for us and, you know, if there's a problem, let me know. Well, we're trying to let them know that there's a problem, and they're saying, well, it's not a problem because we have great services in Wauwatosa. I have a friend who grew up here, and he lives in Eau Claire now, and he came back, and he saw me raking my leaves into the gutter, and he said, you guys still pick up leaves here? He said, man, we gave that up in Eau Claire a long time ago. Well, geez, I mean, if you don't get the leaves picked up in Wauwatosa, people mute me. Right? I just yeah, drove right. through Eau Claire, right. mountains of leaves. I was yeah, just there. It's, yeah. Actually, that's, that's I, it is. I was just but, there, yeah. But it's really hard. Uh, basic civics is really hard for people. It's, it, first of all, it's, again, it's arcane. I used that word before. It's really arcane stuff. It's really deep in the weeds. And uh, municipal finance, my God, I start talking property tax levy caps and their eyes glaze over. Mm-hmm. I, I try, I'm trying to... F- find ways to simplify the message for people and all that. Um, so a lot of that's very hard. People have busy lives. They're raising children. They're going to work. They're doing whatever they do. And, um, you know, they think they also think government runs like a business, and it does and it doesn't. Yeah. It's not a business. It's not intended to run as a business. Government is intended to do those things that the private sector can't or won't do. That's the simplest way I can describe it. What uh, Now, as we wrap up our podcast here, we talked a lot of the downside here of what's going on in terms of the calves and things like that. And you talked about the upside, which is Wauwatosa is booming and desirable. Uh, before we wrap up, what's new on Wauwatosa right now that you know, our, you know, our fellow citizens can be excited about? Well, I think the, the exciting thing is that we, you know, we spent $20 million to fix up the village over the last number of years. And people love the village. Uh, all the people sitting out there on the plaza every day and the root commons been fixed up and all that. Uh, we are a magnet. People love to come here. We're, we, we continue to invest in the village. There's going to be a new apartment development on the old municipal parking lot down there, which is crumbling and ugly and falling apart. And Swan, uh, Swan Interiors. Swan Interiors is going to go. So that uh, some people, again, they're scared about change, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to bring new life. It's going to bring those people again down there. To a lot of money. parking spaces going. Is there going to be enough underneath? There are going to be more. There are actually going to be more. Yep. More parking spaces. Okay. We insisted on that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be one of those things where it tells you how many available spaces are. No. We're going to have oh, a, nice. that and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are not sitting tight. The Boston store story is an important one. We are not just letting the market dictate. And, you know, that uh, hotel we have out there, the Renaissance Hotel, which is there are 10 levels of hotels in quality, one being the worst, 10 being the best. That's a number eight. That's a really high-quality hotel. And by the way, I said to the guys some years ago when we approved it, I said, well, if we don't approve it, are you going to go to Brookfield? He said, no, it's either Wauwatosa or nowhere. This is where we want to be because he wanted to be near the medical college. and all sure. that. But So we have that, but they were going to uh, – Mayfair wanted to tear that down and just put in a one-story Captain Jack's restaurant or something. Yeah, I remember oh, wow. when that was going on. I thought, and we said this building here. I can't imagine you wouldn't reutilize that. That's yeah. the same – message that i'm trying to we're not going to let captain jacks go into boston store you know <laughs> yeah 
We're yeah. doing the same thing we do at the hotel. Captain Jack's <laughs> podcast. They're one of our sponsors. All right. I, so. I, I love you, Captain. But uh, <laughs> Captain really made it mad. Yeah. But anyway, the point is that um, we are we are mining the store in a way that if people pay attention to it, they will say thank you. And I get that thank you, as I said in the last half hour. I'm sure you'll get it you. from Mark Belling. I'm sure he'll he'll do a segment about how he was wrong about this, and maybe he would. I, I'm joking, but uh, but maybe if you pull off uh, this idea, right. you know, in terms of um, having nice vital uh, thing in that in that store, uh, let's hope uh, that you get credit for it. You know, and the uh, city does. I was talking about that woman who asked me whether I should resign and all that, the WWM reporter, and I reminded her that Lincoln used to say, although it turns out he didn't originate this, you can please all of the people some of the time, you can please some of the people all of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. There are always going to be people who are going to say, that's really bad, that's really stupid, it's ugly, whatever. But most of the people in Wauwatosa... I think, are pleased with the direction of the city. I think we're pleasing most of the people most of the time. I really believe that, based on what I hear from people every day. Yeah. Well, good. I'd, I'd, yeah. I, I, yep, I'd have to agree that Wauwatosa, all those things you said about it, uh, Wauwatosa is more a hip, happening place than it's been in all our lifetimes. Oh, sure. Well, my children say, we moved out. How come Wauwatosa turned hip after we left? Right, you know? right, yeah. And again... He's probably the mayor's probably going to take credit for all this stuff, uh, but uh, maybe you've got a small portion uh, to, to, to claim as your. your if I'm going to get the blame from Mark Belling and others, I'll take some of the credit too. <laughs> Thank you very much. There was there was a guy I ran into that I used to work with, and he was going to. Uh, there's a little brewery right next to the old Swan Interiors place. A brewery. We're kind of light on oh, yeah. breweries, by the way. Draft anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, draft and vessel. Yeah, right. right. And and uh, and I saw him. I said, "Hey, Joe, how's it going? Oh, yeah, you know, we were just out. We thought we'd come here." And I was like, "Oh, you live around here?" He's like, "No, no, we live in the falls. We just thought it'd be cool. Like, you know, it's this cool place. We come down here. Yeah, this is Menominee Falls. He's driving to the little." Wauwatosa Village to go to this. It's, I thought that was pretty cool. It was well, pretty telling. Right? You know, other than Cedarburg, arguably the city of Waukesha, and and Milwaukee neighborhoods like the Kinney Connect Bayview neighborhood, mm -hmm. sure. there aren't too many places like the Wauwatosa Village. Right. It, no. it's, mm -hmm. it's charm alone just makes people want to come here, but with all the great restaurants and all that, yeah. It, it's terrific. Not not to be negative about this, uh, yeah. but uh, um, it seems these towns are be. yeah these t these towns are being built on drugs, caffeine, and alcohol. There you go. Those sure. are the two yeah. big drivers of development. It seems in, in a lot of places, just like Wauwatosa. Well, at least they, at least they're legal drugs. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ice, ice cream. Yeah, ice cream. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, thanks again, uh, Mayor McBride, for coming to the studio. Yeah, this was great. This yeah. is great. Yeah, where. The room where it happens. This is That's it. Right. This is That's it. Right. Yep, we're back, uh, back in the studio after a couple of years being gone. This is our second or third or fourth one since we're okay. we told, so. we said we were going to stop counting. Yep. So, so yeah. anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. All right. Yeah. Good. To, good to be here. I hope to see you again. Yep. Appreciate thanks. it. Join us next time for another thirty minutes of sheer comedy genius, or perhaps a half hour of gut busting hilarity. Okay, at the very least, some free entertainment on. The Bait and Switch Podcast. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch Podcast. Spread the word.